Hey guys, Victor and Ricks here from Stream of Thought, wanting to let you know that we are not only on iTunes anymore. We've expanded onto Spotify and Stitcher. You can also find us on Podbean. Please, if you listen to our podcast, leave us a rating. We would love your feedback. Also, send an email to streamofthoughtpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear anything that you have for us. Thanks for listening. On a beautiful spring day in suburban Chicago, Illinois, here we are for another episode of Stream of Thought. Number 84. And today, we start off by talking about... Uh, the DMV. Went to the DMV today to get my license renewed. Quite the story. And while you may have negative opinions of the DMV, this might surprise yeah, you. pretty okay. Then we transition a little bit into Victor's acting experience? Oh, a little bit. We little touch bit on that just a tiny bit, but before that... Uh, a mild, uh, I was a mild ranting yeah. Ricks. A little riffing, a little yeah. riffing going on. Ranting uh, Ricks. Yeah, our our conservatives evil. <laughs> uh, and Bro, then uh, I'm, I'm, and then we finish up, yeah. and we just touch on uh, Mark Zuckerberg on Capitol Hill. Yep. So it's a it's a very it's a very dynamic conversation. And to answer the question, like. no, conservatives are not. No, evil. they're not. No, and that's a that's a <laughs> antagonistic question. We talk a little bit more about the nuances yeah. and my stereotypes and my own personal flaws and shortcomings. Not associated with Stream of Thought Podcast or Victor Marquez. Yes. <laughs> this, is a, this is not a representation. Yeah. All right. With that being said, episode number 84, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> like i was saying before there's good news and there's bad news the good news is i know exactly what happened the bad news is you will have to re-record well i knew that (laughs) i I listened to the whole audio file it sounded like i was not talking into a can (laughs) that's never happened before tell me what tell me what what did you do did you did you reverb echo? No, no, no. This is what happened. So when you for, for context, by the way, what this is okay. So for context, what happened was Rick's was recording uh, audio for a drywall doctor video that was an explainer, and this audio was going to really, really. Are you serious right now? Seriously, seriously, really. He was going to explain the audio for a, dry, a drywall doctor video that uh, that has audio, and then Rick's created, you know, animation to go with that audio, often on, you know, education or just vocabulary or whatever it is, something new that uh, he's trying. So he records. Everything goes great, except the audio accidentally was formatted to a preset so what happens is when you open up a voice recording there's four channels that self-populate one of them is you know um i think narration one of them is echo one of them is like make, oh one no. of them one of them is like serious? one of them is like make it sound like you're on the radio and like something else and what happens is this oh i keep those God. channels i keep those channels open cuz i sometimes have to move things around yeah and what happens is when you're in between the stop and start and i'm going to keep going and do you want this section no i want this section so 
I like I somehow moved it or accidentally recorded on that channel. Now here's what would have happened. Had had I kept the file, had I kept the GarageBand file, all I would have had to do was click a button and just and format it to M4A again and problem solved. That's why you always keep raw footage. But anyway, go I, on. I got rid of the raw footage because I was like, fuck this, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> So I erased never, it. Never immediately get rid of bro. But I somehow uh, still had the initial Drywall Doctor audio in uh, my file. Oh, my so God. The good news is wow. you had a lot of practice. I did have a lot of practice. And, I and got to hear it's it. only a few minutes. So it's not yeah, like no, an entire – it's not like a podcast episode. Oh man, that would have been <laughs> But brutal. I do keep all the raw footage of the podcast. Well, so here's – like I open up the file. I'm like, oh, okay, let's let's get ready to do this. And then all of a sudden I hear it. It's like, hello, hello. hello. <laughs> I'm like, wait just a second. What? And then I listen through it the whole way. I'm like, oh, shit. Like this is not I'll good. be honest. And then the first thing I Google is – how do you remove echo or reverberations? You don't. And they say it is impossible yeah. to remove echo or reverberations. Yeah. You can add them, but yeah. you cannot remove them. Especially because the, I um, I went back and I I input the M4A into the GarageBand file to see if I could somehow cancel it out, which I couldn't. And, and then one of them was like an even more echoey, like, and I was like, oh, nope, he's not going to like that. I was like, <laughs> he's not almost, like this. Almost, as a, almost as a joke, I was going to take my headphones and be like, hey, what do you think of this one? <laughs> give you some, like, glimmer of hope. And then it was going to be, like, an even more echoed version of what that <laughs> I would have totally was. smack you in the <laughs> but, face if you'd done that. But usually when something happens, I know immediately what happened, but I pretend like I don't <laughs> just to give myself some time, like... Okay, how am I going to explain this one? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, and you know what? Honestly, I feel like uh, that is something that I will not <laughs> I will not get upset about. Like, that's not something that I particularly... Because, uh, I, I mean, I do that all the time. The only way that you can get better at what you're doing is if you make mistakes. Yeah, like, yeah. if you do something wrong, like, you know now that, like, you got to be careful. Well, I just thought, like, it never occurred to me to re- just to delete them and recreate just narration tracks. I was like, well, I don't use these, so I just, I know where they are and whatever, so. <laughs> exactly. And so you, you learn something new. So it's, uh, yeah, dude, I, when I heard that, I'm like, should I text Victor? I was thinking to myself, like, I was I was getting ready. It was so funny because as much as I say I, I don't get upset about these things, and I'm not. Like, I'm not yeah. upset about it. But my initial reaction, you know how I get with my initial reaction. <laughs> my initial reaction was like, the fucking audio. <laughs> what did you do to the audio, Victor? I was, uh, that was my initial day. And, you know, and then afterwards, I'm like, you know what? I am just not going to text him, and I will talk to him the next time I see him, and we'll really <laughs> because it's not that big of an issue. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, I, but I can't tell the number of times that I do stuff like that, where it's like, oh, shit, like, yeah. I just totally screwed the pooch on something, yeah. and uh, hopefully it's fixable, Yeah, and uh, if not, uh, I don't know. But um, changing gears real quick, I went to the DMV this morning to get my license renewed, Oh, yeah. That was a pretty fun excursion. Which, uh, so, the one in Lombard. So there are several DMVs around here. We have, like, Illinois has a good array of DMVs. Yeah, they we say have, in this letter, and there's, like, a whole crap ton all over the place. All over the place. And we have small DMVs that are, like, local. You just go in for renewals and stuff like that when you don't need your written exam, written exam or yeah. anything like that. And then there's the main complexes that are scattered throughout Illinois yeah, where you can go. You, can, like, take your you have test, to wait in line. It's a typical DMV. Get stickers or, li- or new plates. So or tell whatever. me, because my experience 
was very uh, interesting. When you think of DMV, mine was not a typical DMV experience. I'm interested to hear no. what your journey was So like. I'm first going to say this. I saw on Facebook, BuzzFeed had a video that was like, when you go up to the DMV, and it um, it was a compilation of Leonardo DiCaprio in different uh, films that he's done. So... It, it says, like, when you have to wake up and go to the DMV. When you get to the DMV, when you oh. see two people working, oh 30 minutes pass, 45 minutes pass, an hour pass. And it's so funny. And I watched it a few times before going to the DMV. And I had to go to the one in Lombard because I had to take a written exam. And um, I get there. And right when I pull up in the parking lot, I just think, fucking A. Fuck this. What time did you go? I, I was there at... Oh, the thing, too, is... I was going to wake up early to get there right when they opened, but I forgot. I was up early, but I forgot, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to DMV. Yeah. So I, I think I got there at, like, 9. Okay. And it wasn't crowded at all. I lucked out because today was Wednesday, and they're closed on Monday, but they said they were really crowded yesterday. Yes. And so I get to the DMV, and first of all, I'm just like, what the fuck? There's two different doors to go in? Uh, okay, I see right away there's the facility, and then there's, like, Driver's license stuff. So I'm like, okay, walk through there, walk in, and I get in. I mean, first, guess how many different lines I was in? You would be in one, two, three, four, five. You'd be in five different lines. Okay. Yes. I was. I did this a couple of months I, ago. I was so. in five <laughs> different lines, yeah. and there were six waiting periods. Yes. Okay. Correct. So I go up to the initial uh, desk, and I'm I come prepared, and I walk up, and the and the clerk was saying to somebody else like, "Social security card." I was like, "Fuck! I didn't bring my social security card." And because um, I walked up, debit credit card, checkbook, cash, driver's license, passport. You know, I'm packing, walking into this thing. Yeah. <laughs> You do not want yeah. to have to go back to the DMV right? after waiting and lunch so, and just bring everything. And so he's like, wait, social, social security card, what? He's like, well, do you have a passport? Yeah, I have my passport. Okay, that'll work too. And I go up. I give the woman my driver's license. That's all she needed from me. Yeah. She gives me this little piece of paper. That's line number one that I'm in. I pass. Go get your picture taken. So now I'm in line number two waiting, right? I, I'm in line number two to get my picture taken. That. Yes, I'm correct. This just happened to me a few hours ago. I get my picture taken. Yeah. Okay? Then the guy tells me, he gives me a number and to go wait. So I'm not in the line, but this is the third time I'm waiting to do something. And I've made it through. And I'm sitting there and I'm waiting in the chair. And I'm looking up at the screen and I'm hearing the numbers being called. I'm just like, what type of just arbitrary system... Are they using A13? Yeah, twenty-five. Yeah, they're like C now calling, zero. Yeah, now they're now calling B two hundred and twenty. Next, uh, C one thirteen window eight. D four hundred and forty-four window nine. E five hundred sixty window two. Like, what are the? What is going on? <laughs> what is it's going different on? Different classifications, my friend. That's right. Yeah. And so I'm just like, whatever, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there, I'm sitting there. And I see this girl come up to, like, her mom, and she's walking up, and she's like, I didn't pass. 
I don't know. I don't know, Bob. I mean, and, and I was like, oh, hell no, because this is just, this is the end of the world for a teenager. For that, for today, this is the end of the world for a teenager. I, I don't know, Bob. I, he, he marked me down for going two miles over the speed limit. I, I came to a crosswalk. I slowed down. I, I, I didn't see there was a stop sign, so I just went right through it. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. Uh. And so the mom gets up. And they go talk to the driving instructor that's still standing there. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. God. They don't make a scene. They're talking for a few minutes. Then I see them walk over to the supervisor, which, which is right next to line number one or, or window number one. And it says supervisor on there. And they're talking. And, and then I like pay attention to something else. And I look back and they're gone. I'm like, oh, no. I wanted to, I wanted to see a scene. But I see them through the window walking out of the DMV. Like oh, too bad, so sad. Better luck next time. Oh, just the just the, they they had, they had already ways. walked out, okay. and I saw them through the so window they were walking back to their yeah. their car to go home. And I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I'm waiting. I'm looking around, and I'm like, holy shit! I see them walk into my periphery, back into the DMV, and the it's funny because just reading body language, the mother is very headstrong, right? And the and the daughter is kind of like just like uh, like going with the flow, kind of like with her head a little bit tilted down, going with the flow. I'm like, no, no. And I see him walk straight through this door. So I, so I was like, you know what, Mom? Great job being a mom. Because um, the woman I was, I was talking to in line, she once said, like, yeah, when I was 16, I failed my exam. I went to go talk to the supervisor and explain the scenario. And it turns out the instructor marked things incorrectly. He let me take it again that same day. So I imagine that's what would have happened. They went to the supervisor, supervisor explained what happened. He's like, okay, we'll just go ahead and just take it again right now, you know? So that was pretty entertaining. I'm waiting for my number to be called. And then out of nowhere, B-220, B-221, B-222, B-223. Wow. Chronological consistency. I didn't know this happened. And that was, my number was B-222. Go up to the window, right? And I give them my driver's license. I give them the paper. They verify my address, all this stuff. Look through the little thing, where are the flashing lights flashing, blah, 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 blah. And, uh, okay, go to the uh, go to the cashier line now. So I went up to the first line. Passed. Mm-hmm. Go to the get my picture taken. Mm-hmm. Pass. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Go up to the window. Pass. Pass your vision. Yeah, go up, to, and then also, like, this slew of questions that are just yes or no. Yeah, yeah, like, are you... Then I go up to the cashier, and I'm waiting, I go, I walk up, you know, and they accept checks, which I just wrote them a check so I'd have to pay extra to use a credit card. Okay, now go to, go to your written um, exam. So I'm waiting in line. There's, like, really no line. There's one other person there. Mm-hmm. Take the written exam. While I'm taking the written exam, I'm I'm answering like the last couple questions, and it's such common sense stuff. Oh yeah, the right? only thing that confused me a little bit was the signs without the like some of the some of the otter signs without yeah. uh, without the, the words with, on without them. the words on them. Yeah, like yeah, there are some very unusual. Like, I can't even think of they're weird. The, there's some some that you never see in the Illinois yeah. area, in the, the suburbs, and so. I'm I'm doing the last few questions like avalanche and, uh, warning or something like yeah. that. I was like okay, and uh, and this other employee had walked up to the guy who gave me my exam and was like, "Hey, I need I need a test with this or that." And he's like, "No, we don't have a test like that. There is no uh, there is no wavy road sign on the exam. 
because there's like 19 answers and like 17 signs or something. He's like, oh, oh, wait, no, because like some people could hear him and he was joking around like, oh, I, I hope you didn't hear me. And I give him the exam and he's looking through, looking through, looking through. I'm getting every single question right. And he said something like, uh, what did he say? He said, oh, aren't you an overachiever? And then he's like, oh, I gotcha. And I got one wrong. <laughs> I got one wrong. And then he turns over. Da, 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 da. He's like, ha, ha, got you again. And so I got two wrong on this 35-question test. Yes. And uh, someone had walked by. Do you and, know which ones you got wrong? No. Okay. And uh, someone had walked by and, like, joked around with him, like, oh, looks like you got a promotion. And I don't know if he did or not, but I joked with him saying, like, oh, yeah, this must be the good spot. By the time people come over here, you know, they're not the idiots that just complain about every little thing. You guys got this filtration system going on. And he is like, yeah, it's, like, way nicer over here. Because this is the one of the last checkpoints I'm at. And it's way in the back. It's, it's way, way in, in the, the corner. back corner. It's, yeah. like, cordoned off. They yeah. have ropes setting yeah. up, chairs and things like so that. So I go to the – so I'm – and then after that, I go to the update line, which is just – I get in line, so I go to the, uh, go to another line, uh, because at that point it's like, congratulations, your license re- is renewed. You just get in line, and you go to the next window, and they punch a hole through your ID. They give you a piece of paper that says, like, this is your driver's license until it gets mailed to you. you yeah, know? and that was like it. I was, desk, right? I was there for maybe forty-five minutes. Yeah, and it was smooth sailing, not a single issue. I, I feel like that's a pretty common experience that most people have with Illinois driver's uh, DMVs because I had that experience. Yeah. My sister – it was weird. My sister uh, needed two forms of ID, but I didn't when I went in. I'm trying to figure out, like, when do people need a birth certificate? When do they need their, their social card? When did – I only ever gave them my driver's license. Well, yeah, no, me too. And uh, no one asked for anything else. Like, the woman at the front asked, like, do you have another form of identification? But no one at the windows asked yeah. to see a second – form of ID. I just need to hand them the old driver's license. Yeah. Now, what's interesting as you were going through this, what I found peculiar, and maybe this is just like me being neurotic or whatever, but the the order in which you went in, the fact that you got your photo taken first. I thought that was weird too. I've never had that experience. The photo has always been the last because you have to pay for everything and you have to like go through the process. And the only reason they're going to take your photo is if you're getting a license printed. They're not going to waste time or energy taking a photo if you fail your driver's license, yeah. don't have the money to pay for your card, or don't have the documentation to prove that yeah. you can get a license. So that's really weird that they sent you straight to the photo. Because when I'm at the window where she's asking me questions of everything, the last thing. If, she's, if anything has changed on my ID, she was like, do you need to take a photo today? It's like, you guys don't know what you're doing? Like, I already took my photo. She's like, okay. Huh. That sounds Which like I wish I would re- would have retaken because the driver's license that I got when I was 21 awesome photo id for a driver's license really happy with it this one it's one of those like where you think you're you're think you think you look one way and then it gets printed out and you look completely different yeah i look like someone who's in the manson family my hair is down i have like a thicker facial hair and, and like, the super white light yeah. on your face makes you very and I'm just pale. like what the hell but um yeah it yeah was but a, i mean my it was a painless painless experience I have to say, are, are you really going to try and open another yeah, window? Yeah, because wow, I'm hot you right are now. such a little girl. Why isn't this opening? You just locked the window. That's why. Anyway, my experience was the same way. Forty-five minutes done. I think I might have gotten like three wrong on my test. Yeah, so you probably beat me there. But. I kind of wanted to know, but at the same time, I don't care. Well, 
I, I found it weird that you have to retake the driving test when you're, what, I guess 30 years old now? Or for your 30 Well... Year, like, when you renew it after... When I... You get it when you... For me, I got it when I was 16, and then okay. I had to renew it when I turned 21. I had to get a new... I, I had to get a new picture. I me just too. went to oh, Wheaton. Oh, yeah, that's right. They redo it. I just went to that. Wheaton and just took a picture for me. Yep. Me and too. then, four years after that, they gave me a sent me an email and I had to renew it so I had to pay them money but I didn't have to do anything or go anywhere. You just anywhere. had to like, yeah, fill just out pay them, and pay them online and then they yeah. just email and then they just gave me, they mailed me a new license with the same photo from four years before that. Because I had thought that it was uh, like a punishment or something like that. Like if you're a bad driver, you have oh. to take the driving test. But apparently everyone has to take the driving test in Illinois after a certain period of time. Yeah, it's a good thing because uh there's some people on the road, old people. I'm just like, how do you? You can't even see above the steering wheel. How do you? Bro, how are man, you driving right seriously, now? Seriously, I know. How are you driving right now? I know. I well, and think about it too. And my brother bitches about this all the time. But in the South, a lot of times they don't ha- they don't even have drivers education, and they don't require driving tests to get a license. You just pay five bucks and you get a fucking license. Yeah, and you can drive. Yeah. Like it's totally irresponsible. The number of people. <laughs> kind of like getting a gun, right? The, Just <laughs> no, the number of the, I'd like to buy one gun, please. Uh, yeah, it's like fast food drive-through menu. Right. Uh, I'd like the special yeah. the six uh, with the special sauce. And, yeah, uh, the zero extra, extra bullets. Zero <laughs> effort into seeing if this person is capable or responsible enough to carry a gun. Like, oh yeah, just pay me the money and uh, here you go. Well, it's the same with cars, man. Like, and that's the crazy part too is that there's I don't know. I'm not going to get onto the whole tangent, but yes, I mean, the the fact that the, I don't want to say the North as a whole, but I'd, I'd say, like, the Chicago suburbs and certain areas in the North are very good about making sure that people are at least competent enough not to, like, crash into a tree or something like yeah. that, or to, like, constantly drive drunk. I yeah. feel like we, in the burbs, yeah, it's, it's I mean, drunk driving is an issue everywhere, but I don't feel like we ha- we have less casualties as a result of bad drivers like less bad drivers you think yeah, maybe are you just know. thinking that or is there evidence i'm just literally your opinion i'm just throwing it out there uh yes got it but yeah it was i i i won today i won this morning and it was oh and i forgot when i was uh when I was at the window when they're asking me these questions like, has your address changed or answer these yes or no questions, you know, have you gotten your license revoked or whatever, the guy next to me, they're like, okay, I just need a, a copy of your birth certificate. What Birth certificate? It never said anything online about a birth certificate. He's like, no, we need – and he got upset. And I was like, dude, stop being an asshole. And he's like, no, no, online it says this. And then she's like, okay, well, show it to me. And he's like off to the side looking on his phone and – I can't remember if – I don't recall what happened if, in fact, it he was not told to get a birth certificate or if he was just making shit up and then left. I don't know what it was. But he got, like, so upset, and uh, I just remember thinking, like, dude, you need to chill out. Yeah. Just chill, chill out. Bad. Like, if you don't have what you need this time, just come back another day. Yeah. And something that's – That brought me a little bit joy when he was being an asshole and, it, and he – and. Uh, he was inconvenienced. That I put it. That put a smile on my face. Well, I mean that that kind of brings to mind something that's been on my thought process recently, and that is, 
I don't know, for, for some reason, and I think maybe it has to do with my, my previous work relationships with certain individuals who I won't name right now, but the difference between uh, ideologies or, like, the environment that you grow up, I don't... Okay, so I feel like I'm going to sound super ignorant saying what I'm about to say. Perfect. I don't know if I should say it. Yeah, go ahead. Should I say it? You've already... Yeah, go. It sounds really... This is like climbing... Okay. You know what? I'm going to say it as crudely and as horribly good. and as ignorantly as I possibly can say, and we can go from there. We good. can, we can good. chisel good. it away good. and refine good. it into a okay. Michelangelo statue. Okay. Okay, here's my theory. Conservatives, especially conservative evangelicals, believe the way to resolve... Pro- okay. There's liberals and moderates and conservatives. So... Liberals and moderates, I feel like the way they resolve disputes or disagreements is through conversation, debate, and some sort of, like, a mu- like there's some sort of mutual dialogue that happens to try to resolve conflict. Mm-hmm. I feel like conservatives, the initial response is uh, a aggression equal or more than the slight that they felt like they received. And so when conflict emerges, their response is to uh, metaphorically or literally punch someone in the face. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Okay. What are are your thoughts on that? Well, you're more familiar with moderates, liberals, and conservatives. I can't really speak on that. It's not like I can just look at someone, no. Let's do a blind blind study. Why, like, can you think of certain individuals who respond one way or another? Yeah. Now, can you attribute any sort of political political or ideological leanings towards them? Yes. And what, uh, your initial, like, the people who come to mind on various I'm only thinking, see, I'm only thinking of one person right now. And, uh, but... Of the of the people that I know, the group of the people, uh, the group of people that I know, um, th- there's one who I'm thinking of who I observed like I think myself, dude. There is absolutely no reason to you know bring this level of aggression all the way up top. There's absolutely no need for this. And then there's so and there's a few other people I know who like they might go up a little bit but are a little bit more under control. And then there's others who are just like oh like super chill. Yeah. And their political, social, and economic background are relatively similar. So I think I just disproved your theory. Oh, similar. Right? <laughs> like, yeah. Wait, what do you mean the? Oh, all these peoples and their different reactions have similar Our, political identity. From, like, from the same area, roughly the same economic, roughly from the same economic background. It's all, like, these, these people that I'm thinking of are roughly all from the same area and have similar social and political But they beliefs. respond in dynamic, but, but son, but dynamic respond, different ways. But respond differently, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because I... And I, I'm trying to be a little more nuanced about this, but I, perhaps, maybe, just maybe, it's my misperception and it's the way that it's portrayed. But at the same time, in the mainstream, stereotypes, there is probably some truth, a small nugget of truth behind some stereotypes. So I don't so, know. So, okay, let me, let, me, let me sort of raise why I approach this issue in the first place. 
and it has to do with a lot of these conservative evangelical leaders who are out there. I mean, yeah, they've been defending Donald Trump. The Bible. The, the Jesus says that Donald yeah. Trump is meant to be president and good Roma. But, okay, so there are report after report coming out that evangelical leaders believe that Donald Trump is a good moral leader who we should all try and be like. And so I see this consistently over and over again in all the major conservative evangelical uh, figures and in the conservative world mm-hmm. on the national scale in general is that there's this constant defense of bad behavior if they're on your side because the attitude is, well, your opponents are more evil, so like, what's being a little bit of evil if it means that good wins out? kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I find this sort of, I reflect back to, well, even right now where you have some Democratic senators saying that Bill Clinton should have been impeached for his affair now, and it's one of those things where, okay, well, like, we're all equal under the same sort of thing. We can have conversations about whatever, and we can deal with it that way, or we can respond with hostility and say, everyone else is a liar, I am right, I will always be right, and if you dare challenge me, I will punch you in the face until you yeah. can't fight back. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if it's a wider cultural thing, but I feel like in those conservatives who I talk to, the initial response is one of whether it's dealing with their children, saying that, yeah, like I would totally hit my children or let my children hit each other or do whatever because that's how you show that you're the boss. Like, if you get hit, you need to hit them back harder. I I can't tell you the number of times that I've heard that from people who come from... Granted, it's, like... I, I don't want to sound... Okay, I'm going to sound so elitist right now. <laughs> but they come from uneducated families, so mm-hmm. not graduating high school or anything like that. But it feels like, just over and over again, it's not like just one or two conversations. These are dozens of, and of people who I talk to that it feels like I keep hearing these same streams come out over and over again where it's I don't understand your perspective I don't understand where you're coming from you did something bad to me I feel angry I feel like you treated me unfairly the way to make things even is to respond in kind and I feel like that's sort of the the simplistic logic of well you did like you did something to me I do something to you so it's all equal kind of thing um I don't know I, I, it's, it feels like something that I see just more and more, and maybe I was blind to it when Democrats were in charge of government mm-hmm. on a national scale because, you know, I identify more along those parties, but it is very frustrating right now as a Christian and as a relatively progressive person who, I mean, I will take, I will take the good and bad in anybody, but you have to be honest about it. You can't say I'm perfect and everyone else is evil. Like you can't you can't absolutize everything that you talk about. And it becomes very frustrating to me to be like, well, we're just gonna disengage from this conversation because we're living in different moral universes. Yeah. Like the way that we respond to problems is fundamentally different. And it's frustrating to me and maybe that's why it sticks out more, is because it is so frustrating and antithetical to what I truly believe in my heart, which is that dialogue and understanding can really resolve all of our problems, whereas uh, our problems can be resolved through violence. Can be. And that's the thing. I don't believe our problems can ever be resolved through violence. I don't believe anything good ever comes of violence. Whereas 
they believe it is a necessary function in order to resolve problems in certain instances. I'm not saying all the time. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that, you know, conservatives are like yeah. angry madmen going around like punching people in the face on the street or anything like that. But I'm saying that there's this attitude of like, you know what, there's a line you don't cross, and if you cross that line, then yeah, we resort to violence. But what happens when people just don't listen to reason? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that the, that's that's the distinction that I have so much frustration with? Is that you can have reasonable and rational conversations, I think, with anybody, regardless of how crazy they may be. But there's always a line that you cross, or that you have to be careful not to cross, in which it becomes antagonistic or it becomes viewed as hostile. And as soon as it becomes viewed, viewed as hostile, you have one of two options: one, you can respond with continued dialogue, or two, you can respond with aggression. And it. it I just, it may seem anecdotal, but I just feel like over and over again, I keep seeing these reoccurring trends that correspond with general um, characteristics of, mm-hmm. of an individual. Yeah, I'm sure too, people, the idea to talk things out just isn't even on their radar. People just don't know what they don't know. And that's the other thing too. Like one of the, one of the meetings that I go to, the people who I talk to, it is. It seems almost alien to them. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean you can have? Like, they called you a name and you like asked them why you called. Them. Like, wh- like, like why example, did you just punch them in the face? Let's like, say there's just someone in some like like it's just some hobunk middle of nowhere dust bowl town, right? And the proper way to deal with things is to you know, like you said, they hit you, you hit them back. Why? Because that's just what. There's no reason for dialogue. Whereas, let's say somewhere that is more educated and there's more um more kind of like going on like say a suburb you know or something like that affluent or not if you hit someone they're going to sue you so there's there are more dire consequences for just a blunt action rather than if you're in an area that's probably middle but of nowhere i don't just mean you know what I'm saying? I, I don't mean just physical aggression either oh, i mean okay. like legal aggression too i mean or or met, metaphysical aggression or whatever whatever it is yeah aggression takes many different forms and i feel like like yeah there are rich conservatives who are more prone to sue you if you say something bad about them than oh, okay. moderates or liberals who will say you say something bad about me i will respond but i will not sue you or try to bury you yeah whereas the alternative political ideology is crush, destroy, eliminate because they are the enemy and evil. Yeah. And there, you know, it used to be at least in the political spectrum, it used to be just a very small portion, but I just keep seeing it growing and growing. And it's like, has this always existed or is it just emerging because of the current political trends that we're experiencing? I'm going to say the latter. Just emerging because of the current political I mean, I think it goes back to that question of like, have there always been this many stupid people out there <laughs> or is it just because of the internet that we yeah. see them more? Like, I feel like it's one of those situations. No, there's there's, there's always, always this many stupid There's people. always been this many stupid people we just see them more. Yeah. There's always been this many angry people and violent people and aggressive people we just see them more now yeah. because they have a unifying call because they can say, oh, look, these other people are doing it. They're saying they're right. They're saying I'm right. We're all right. Like, we group together and you create these insular shells. But anyway... That was that was something that sort of just has been on Hot my mind. mind. It really has been because it's uh, as as kind and as loving as I want to be to a lot of these individuals. I hear certain things where it's like there's so much hatred and anger, and it's like even in 
people who are trying to be the best people that they can be, it's like, well, it's just taken for granted that you respond with violence. Like, and I, and I, and I try to understand that and I try to have these conversations. Well, what do you mean? Like, isn't there an alternative? And I'm like, no, there's no alternative. Like, that's just what you do. And you, it, I've been, I've failed to be able to overcome that sort of barrier. Yeah. Uh, where it's like, no violence must happen yeah. because that is the way that the world is. And it's like, well, no violence doesn't have to happen. And they say, yes, violence does have to have to happen. And it's, it's very weird. Um, Changing gears again because I don't have anything to add. No, I know. I'm, sure I'm sorry. I've, no, I've no, just no, been no, talking no, no. That face, is interesting. Looking at you, looking at me. So, I went yesterday to finish shooting the part of the student film that I uh, just wish was completely over, which it is now. Which the nice thing is, I we met up downtown in the Loop instead of like all the way out in Edgewater, right? Yes. Which is like way far north. So anyway, I go there to finish this um, shoot. And before that, I, was, I did an audition in the same building at the same, uh, at the same place in a different room. And I'm talking to this person, and, I let, and they're like, oh, you're meeting someone to finish a, shooting a film here? I'm like, yeah. And then I, they also knew that I was finishing up a film over the weekend, and we were just talking a little bit. And I was telling them how amazed I was at the production these students at Columbia College put on. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know, Columbia is a really, really good school, hard to get into. And they really teach you, you know, industry standards on how to do things and how to do things okay. right. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, that it shows because I was working with a group of professionals. They weren't – I saw past their college kids. There's, these are a group of professionals. And she's like, yeah – the art Insti- the the uh, art institute of chicago were kind of more like you know more uh, abstract experimental and i'm like that explains a lot that explains a ton thank you for telling me that because i just and now feel so enlightened as to why this process for making this film has just been so ass backwards and so she told she was telling me this and the image that that kind of came to mind was like if you want to you know i I thought of you so i was thinking of an analogy like for literature right if you wanted to write a short story or a book you know how do you want to be taught how to do that you know proper research putting together bibliographies you know proper you know credit um Grammar, you know, how to utilize uh, a computer, learning how to type, like all the technical stuff in order to provide a neat and sharp manuscript. Yeah. Or you can just have a fucking pencil in one hand and a crayon in the other <laughs> and just... <laughs> that is what my experience has been like a little bit. That is delightful. That's a little bit over the top. I love that analogy. You know? That's a little over the top. I think that really sums up but the picture. That is about as simple as I can make it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Putting putting all those things together, I feel like the experience of by the way, if you haven't heard of this, check it out in episode number eighty one or something like that. Which where, you one? Talk about, where you talk about your like the whole background of how this gig 
ended up being such a disaster. Oh yeah, we've gone, it's, we went it's through this somewhat whole, like, recent half yeah. hour, forty five minutes. It's somewhere thing in there. About, I can't remember what it's like, called. How crazy this whole experience yeah. was, and just like maybe mid seventies. I don't know. I can't recall, but yeah. But yeah, it was it was a very surreal experience yeah. for you, and very atypical of your normal experiences. Yes. And, and it's like why why is this happening the way that it is, and now all the pieces sort of fall into place. So now I'm like, okay, now and and um I do the audition and I'm at the audition and I'm just like, I don't even want to be here. I that's the first time that that happened to me because I just have this bad taste in my mouth because it's at the same school that this initial bad experience happened at. Yes. So I'm just like after she said that I'm like, shit, is this going to be the same thing? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah. But she was like, no, there would probably be like about 10 crew members. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. After the audition, it sounded like I had the part if I wanted it. So I'll still give it a shot just to, you know, compare and contrast. And um, then I go upstairs to another room and I finish shooting the the film that I didn't want to do that's just dragging on or felt like it's dragging on. And I'm sitting there and I'm just like, you just got to embrace situations for the sake of telling a story in the future Mm. i'm sitting in this room with can like the scene that we're doing there's like candles around it's like the same kind of like the same thing a little bit um i'm like uncomfortable on the ground i don't really want to be there but i'm just doing it this will be a good story someday like when i first started i did this film that was really weird and um we were there for like less than an hour and i was like wow i was really surprised Mm. i was able to get out after an hour and then one of the guys one of the people who was directing the camera had the camera but he wasn't the director he's like hey would you be interested in doing another student film like maybe in the end of may what do you like i imagine this is what it's like when when guys ask a girl out like what do you want me to say like no i mean maybe or sometimes they just say yes to be nice because like oh yeah for sure i realized i didn't want to but again i was like you know what if it's convenient for me, I'll do it. Just we'll see what happens. Another thing for the resume. Maybe it's a shitty experience. Maybe it's a good experience. But it was just it was just funny. And I was just like man. I feel like life is is categorized into three different areas. One, the the good stuff. Yeah. The stuff that you enjoy doing. Yeah. Two, the Monday stuff, the stuff that you gotta do, like the stuff that just is, you know, yeah. boring. And then Three, the story stuff. The stuff that is just bad, but it's bad in a way that, like, it's a, it can be a really good learning experience, not just for you, but for anyone who you yeah. share the story with. Because it's like, we all experience those things where we make huge mistakes or get into something that we never anticipated, and then afterwards, and, yeah. you make something of it. And the cool thing is, too, is, like, I very slowly, I'm just like, okay... This is why people, you know, have things written into their contracts. So they don't get their time wasted or they don't get fucked over. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, I started thinking, it's like, you know what I did learn from this that maybe I didn't learn if I was just having great experiences all the time? I'm going to start asking if, if I get gigs like I, I want my train tickets reimbursed. I'm only going to do it if you reimburse my train tickets. Because what the fuck, Metra? 
one-way ticket from zone E to zone A is 675 now? Yeah, that's what absurd. What the fuck? Yeah. Are you serious? Just what the hell? Jacking it up, man. And uh, for one, one train every two hours or something, too. So not exactly the... On the weekends, yeah. The most convenient transportation, either. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but really, when it comes down to it, though... And I, I'm sure I, students wouldn't have mine, because that's minimal, you know, but still. I yeah, want and negotiation, I think, is a part of, part of it as yeah. well, and that's something to learn over the experience. But, I mean, it, I try to be in one of those things right now where if I... If I have that spidey sense tingling of this is going to be a bad experience, I just buckle in and, like, strap myself down. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm going to remember every moment of yeah. this so that I can share it later. Yeah. And the sooner that you can sort of realize, oh, boy, this is going to be a doozy. Yeah. Like, the sooner you can get into the mindset of, like, this is just temporary. It's a horrible, awful experience, but it's going to be a great story. Right. And you just, it's like, all right. Here we go. Like, bring me anything. Like, bring me yeah. the worst that you can, because I'm expecting it now. Like, I know this is going to be bad. Yeah. But I know there's going to be a great story that comes out of it. And uh, for me, my best, ex- my my f- most entertaining experiences come from when I catch it, like, early on. Like, oh, there's something wrong here. Like, this is not going to be a very good thing going on. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, changing my mind. Like, this isn't going to be... Option one of, like, a good experience or option two of a mundane experience, this is going to be option three. This is going to be bad. <laughs> like, um, for me, bad is good, man. Like, yeah. bad is good because it gives good stories. Yeah. It always does. That's what I, that's what I say, too. Because you avoid the bad and the later, but we all have the bad. And the time, the, just the, the, the very essence of having a m- mundane experience is so temporary. You know, you could, it could be one or two days of just like this, just taking forever. But in reality, it's like you pay a price for a good story or for an experience. Yeah. So that you don't have to deal with that crap again. Amen, brother. But yeah, it was when I was in one of the scenes, I'm like coiling a rope and there's like five different ropes and they're like, you might, we might do, do this with each rope just to see what it's like. So I'm coiling this rope several times, you know, two or three times for each camera angle. There's like three or four different angles. I'm just like, I'm not fucking doing this over and over again with these different ropes. Luckily, the very first rope I grabbed, they're just like, we're just going to stick with that one. Yeah. But it's just like, I totally, this is such a great learning experience to now like, okay, I know what to look out for. I know what could happen, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's just going to get better, but definitely... Yeah, but better all, or worse. The night is always darkest before the dawn, so yeah. expect a couple more screwovers before. No, you oh, no, 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 like, for sure, the full, for sure. No, that's what I meant. It's just going to get better in terms of like continuing to learn, and that's why things. it's pro- maybe a good idea to do this a crappy student film because it's kind of like you know that at the very least they're going to like pay you or something like yeah. that. Uh, oh yeah, this other one they'll pay me. Yeah. yeah, so it's like you have certain assurances, but everything else is like, well, maybe I can learn something new about the horrors yeah. of the industry. This other person se- seems like she's a little more organized. She's like, I want to get it all done in one day. And uh, she seems like she's a little more with it, but it's still like, whoa, a little experimental. But um, we'll see. I don't want to just say, I don't want to have this broad uh, opinion of based on one experience. You of know? course. Yeah. So, no, that's, that's reasonable. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. So, so one more thing before we, we close up. Yeah. And this could just be a couple of minutes, but I yeah. just want to throw it out there. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg testifying before the Senate and yeah. the House. 
testifying before Congress over Facebook. Yeah, admitting, yeah, we should be a little more protective. And their stock went up 4.5%. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you want to know why that is? Why? Because investors liked how he performed on Capitol Hill. Really? After the first day. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, he... Social network, too. By, by not invoking the ire of any senator and answering them very respectfully and very honestly and very, like, in his own language, Mm -hmm. uh, he was able to show that he knows what he's talking about and that he's doing the things that, uh... Congress would like to see yeah. being done. Uh, it was very interesting, though, because everyone on the outside of Congress said, the average age of a senator is 63 years old. These fucking people don't know how to use social media to begin with, and here they're asking technical questions about how to protect our privacy. Oh. And so the questions that they were asking is like, is a poke a bad thing or something like that? Oh, that's really? Not, that's not an actual question that they asked. Like, I mean, it was. It was I saw some relative. memes. I saw some yes, memes on the some, internet, yes. so I didn't really understand the context that they were in. But that's what they were. The, it, it refers to the fact. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. Real quick, one yeah, of yeah. them was like uh, one of them. One of the memes said, uh, "Mr. Zuckerberg, there are." Uh, it said some 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 is America Online the same thing as Facebook? And then the, no. America Online is not the same thing. As <laughs> like, just like rudimentary. Thank just, you, Mr. Zuckerberg. Yes. You have answered my question. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. exactly. Yes. Uh, and so you, you were getting a lot of these questions of just, well, duh. Like, you and I, everyone knows this is how it, social okay. media works. And so they were asking him, like, explain how social media works as opposed to explain how the whole privacy So he was getting, situation. like, uh, an easy, easy question. Oh, yeah. He was just really, and yeah, he was, he was skating by because these people don't know yeah, they don't know Silicon Valley. They yeah. don't know any of the developments that are going on technologically. They are, they can't. They don't have the the, the RAM in their heads to be yeah. able to like in, integrate that knowledge yeah. into a very uh, short and brief thing. Right. Regardless of how important it is, uh, they all I, they all use Facebook. They all use social media, Twitter, whatever. Yeah. But they don't know how. Or it works. their team uses it on their behalf. Or something. and so their questions are more just like the the layperson of just the average Joe on the street asking a question as opposed to an expert asking another just expert a question grilled, to hold yeah. accountability to the platform. And uh, and unfortunately, well, this could have been an opportunity for Congress to actually push for some uh, substantial changes in how Facebook operates. It ended up becoming like a partisan sideshow where you had Republicans saying, why are you taking down conservative conspiracy theorists? Because they're just as much free speech as anyone else. They weren't saying conservative mm-hmm. conspiracy theorists, but they're, they, they were asking questions of like, specifically, why did you take down this person, that person, the other thing? They were conspiracy theorists on the right. Like, yeah, they may have widespread appeal for Republicans, but that doesn't make their information a legitimate interpretation. So, I mean, like curation, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But their thing was, well, why are you disbarring them but allowing, you know, the fake Black Lives Matter group, which had almost a million followers and was actually founded by a white Australian dude who was making... It was a fake group? The largest Black Lives Matter Facebook group had almost... It had uh, 700,000 followers and was founded by an Australian billionaire who ended up selling all this merch and stuff like that and ended up getting, like, a good percentage of the <laughs> Yeah. That is great. Yeah. And I just think to myself, 
if you're one of those followers who like bought the merch or whatever, like yeah. how must you be feeling right now? I, I wouldn't know. Like I really wouldn't. I, I'm, so it makes great. me so glad I'm not on social media because like they people always want you to like contribute to things or like be a good person. Like don't there's hate. some funny shit on there though. I'm gonna show you that Leo DMV Please, yeah, compilation. That, that would be good. But anyway, but. that I just I, I found that that was a very intriguing place where we're at right now, where nothing happened. I mean, basically he went up there and kept the firing squad from firing on yeah. Facebook. And that was about it. Got it. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Until next time. <laughs>